Welcome to the Reimagining Faith podcast with the pastors Jackson. This is a podcast for seekers, dreamers, and fellow sojourners who are trying to figure out what it means to be followers of Jesus in the 21st century. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on Open Table UCC and clarify a few questions I've gotten about it. After a whole lot of very complicated paperwork that I'm pretty sure I did right, OpenTable is officially registered with the state and federal governments. We've been approved by the Ursinus Association of the United Church of Christ and added into the main database of UCC churches. Hooray! We now have a bank account, and within a few days after we receive some grant money, we will set up a website with an online giving portal for anyone who's interested in supporting the church or sharing the sorts of work that we're, that we're hoping to be doing. During these first few years of church planting, while we're still building the foundation of this thing, Nicole and I are only taking part-time salaries until the church can afford to support us. Um, so we're both looking for part-time work to support our family while we get this church off the ground. If you'd like to support us personally during this time, you can become a patron of this podcast at patreon.com slash reimaginingfaith. This podcast is not officially a part of the church, but kind of runs parallel to it. And any support that we can raise through the podcast will go directly to supplementing our income so we can devote more time to the church plant and all of this wonderful content that we're hoping to create. I hope that helps to clarify a few of the questions I've received. Um, within a week or two, you'll be able to donate directly to the church if you'd like to. But if you want to help support our family and give us some more flexibility to provide good content for you, then you can support us on Patreon, where there are some pretty sweet perks, too. Um, our planting team is meeting every other week on Sunday mornings throughout the summer, and we're hoping to begin regular worship services at the end of August or early September. If you are local and you want to help us dream this church into existence, let us know. Otherwise, be on the lookout for announcements about our opening date. Now, on to the episode. In this episode, I sat down with David Charles on the bleachers of the Pottstown Middle School football stadium, hence the wind and lawnmowers in the background. David is the founder of the Strive Initiative and through its Made for Greatness mentorship program is a constant force for good in the middle school and the community at large. I'll let him explain to you a little bit more about what he does and why he does it, but make sure you listen to the end to hear his incredible vision for the middle school, the borough's churches, and for anyone willing to believe that God is up to something good in our midst. So we're here um, on the bleachers of a stadium at the Pottstown Middle School um, talking with David Charles and Maybe you could just start us off and tell us who you are and what you do here. Hi, my name is David Charles. I am, <laughs> I am born and raised here in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, um, Pottstown School District. I'm a, an alumni of Pottstown. Um, mm. uh, we're sitting here at the stadium, um, football, the Grigg Memorial Field, uh, many memories, but uh, currently I run a program called Create It For Greatness at the Pottstown Middle School. Uh, in Pottstown, we've been in the middle school since 2018. 
Um, and it's a community-based, on-site mentoring program. Uh, we bring in community adults from Pottstown and surrounding areas to connect with students uh, once a week for about 45 minutes hmm. each time they connect. And um, it's usually during lunch. Hmm. We have four lunch zones, fifth through eighth. And there's a morning mentoring block, 7.50 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., where we have uh, mentors, community adults also come in and connect with students. And, um, and we have mentors also connect with teachers and they're in some of the classrooms. And um, we just support students and administration. What are they doing, the, these, these adults, when they come in? What, are they giving lectures? Are they like talking one-on-one -on -one with No, with they're, kids? they're usually one-on-one -on -one with students. We match them uh, mostly by interest mm. or, um, you know, I do a lot of interviewing with the mentors and the students and we do a survey uh, with both, um, an interest survey with the students and an application and a survey with the adults. And hmm. we do a little matching that way. It's not always perfect, but um, because I connect with the adult and the student, um, I just, you know, sort of use some wisdom and lots of communicating with the students to match adults with them. So you got to know like everyone then in the city, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know everyone. <laughs> I know pretty much. I know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, yeah. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. If, you, if you've got, like, students that come in and you ask them what their interests are and your brain then immediately goes to, like, oh, well, i got to connect you with this person. i got to connect you with that person. And Yeah, in some way. But it's also through that survey and application from the mentor that i got to look at both, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's, always, it's not always matched by interest. It's more you know, a little wisdom mm -hmm. and, and thinking through what could be helpful for a student and, and the adult as yeah. well, you know what I mean? How'd this get started? Um, actually, I, I saw some negative press hmm. on social media about Pottstown Middle School students and some vandalism happening as students were walking home. Hmm. And I, I didn't like it. I just didn't like sort of the tone of uh, some of the, the, the adults that were commenting and it kind of made me feel like if they were talking about middle school students in this tone, mm. it, it was almost like they were talking about me. Ooh. Because I was a middle school student here and I just, that touched me. I'm like, ah, what can you do to get involved? Mm. Because that, that was something that was meaningful for me. I needed people to actually step in mm. and not point a finger, mm. but actually do something. I reached out to uh, Mr. Steven Rodriguez, the superintendent. I said, I, I'm seeing all this press. I, I want to come in and, and do some assemblies around respect and respecting yourself and others, building trust. And I want to bring some community adults in to connect with students that are sort of Pointing the finger. Uh -huh. Let's go in. Ooh. Let's okay. connect. Okay. Yeah. So like this, the, thinking that the the adults who are out there talking trash, like get them in here, and it's harder to talk trash about somebody that you know and care about, right? Exactly. You have a vested interest. You have a vested in. interest, mm -hmm. and you start to learn. Mm. Oh, yeah. There may be some things that are, you know, that are that are uh, there. Some vandalism and some 
some respect and behaviors that do need to change, but you gotta put yourself in the mix and you can help become part of the change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if it's one-on-one, even, you know, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm only 35, so it wasn't that long ago that I was in school. Sure. And even even that amount of time, I feel like the world has changed so much yes. that I, the sorts of things I dealt with, like the types of bullying I dealt with, the types of pressures I dealt with, are just totally foreign to what's going on now, yes, right? Like yes. we, we got AOL Instant Messenger when I was in like ninth grade. Yeah. I can't imagine if I was texting in second or third grade or if you've got all those pressures on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. Um, What's it like here? What are these kids dealing with? I think a lot of the students are are dealing with uh, ACEs, adverse childhood Hmm. experiences, things in their, I would say, family, life, trauma, um, all those things. And and I would would know that from personal experience. Mm -hmm being in Pottstown, coming from sort of a broken home. And, you know, it's it's not all the students, but there's just the, the poverty level here. It's, I don't know the percentage, but mm-hmm. there is a poverty level. And, and you know, it's, it's some things that students are dealing with, parents are dealing with that are not easy. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's, you know, it's, I know it because I dealt with it and I see it, I can feel it. I can sympathize with it, but I also, uh, there's a part of me pulling myself up and others helping me mm. to, to pull myself up to, to go on another road and trajectory to better my life. Yeah. So, and, and you know, it's, it's, students are dealing with things, but these students are resilient. Yeah. And they're, they're wonderful. Like when you actually get to know them and you invest your time and they see you show up, the respect level changes. Mm. You know, it does change. Now, now, I don't, I, I wouldn't say it always changes for teachers, <laughs> which it, it needs to, right? Because teachers here, this is a calling. This is not just a job. I know that it's a calling. When you get up to do this every day for possibly 30 years, mm. You got to be called mm. to be with young people on that consistent basis. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's and, and and teachers, they don't get paid well. They're not getting paid well. Like so so to come every day, you know, it's just and and that's why I'm here. Mm. You know, it's like a dedication, like supporting students, supporting teachers, and you know, but it it is. It is the most diverse place hmm. in Pottstown. Yeah, the this, middle school? This district. Okay. It's one of the most diverse. I mean, when you go in that lunchroom, you will see the rainbow. Hmm. It, it's beautiful, right? And I, I'm constantly telling the students, I'm like, this is the training ground. Hmm. This is the place you want to be. Let us help you navigate in this space because hmm. it's you might not get it again <sighs> yeah <laughs> i know that's true you might not get this yeah but if you look around don't take it for granted hmm. you know let's work on what you see 
and how to navigate and how to understand yourself to understand others as well. Yeah. What yeah. brings you hope with these kids? Um, I, I would say having conversations with them, mm. hearing some of their goals and some of their dreams. The students, you know, we did a survey in like two, end of 2019 going into 2020 about their career interest. Mm. Over 600 um, survey responses. And these, most of the students now are in the high school. There's, a, there's some in eighth grade, but the students actually want, they desire to become someone, mm. you know, nurses and plumbers and all kinds of things. They want it. You know, they, they just need sort of a roadmap and mm. they need the community to get involved, to give them the extra oomph of, we believe in you. Mm. Even if someone at home doesn't show you at the moment or what you need, because sometimes students are desiring parents mm. to show up and say, I love you, I'm here. And sometimes parents don't, don't know how to give that, you mm. know? I, I know from personal experience, didn't mean my mom didn't love me, yeah. you know, but she didn't know how to love. Mm. You know, she, did, she just wasn't taught that, you know, she was looking for love um, just because, you know, she was on her own since 14. Wow. And there's things that I'm sure students are dealing with that people have no idea. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, yeah. that they're coming from situations where, you know, they, they just, they, they got to continue to have adults show up hmm. to one day they say, I'm going to show up with you, Mr. Charles. I'm going to show up with you. I wonder if there's a, that... Uh, generational break sometimes when you think about the way that uh, like youth are perceived today where I, I hear it all the time especially in older populations like you know the kids have no respect for authority no respect for their elders and it was like for a time for a long time if you had held a position then it was assumed you had a certain amount of respect because you had that position yes, right like yes. well there's the there's the the, the pastor so we're always going to call him reverend yes, out in yes. public you know and we're not going to curse in front of him um, <laughs> or you know this is the teacher and we talk to teachers in a certain way mm -hmm. but i i i'm i'm just going to put on my anthropology hat and a sociology hat and just assume that like sometimes 60s and 70s and that we just authority failed so profoundly to from you know Nixon on down that we just lost all respect for people in authority and it's it's that you have to earn the respect now it's not just granted to you like it was before. Yeah. And so you, you get people who walk in and assume that because of their position or because of their age or because of whatever, that they should be spoken to in a certain way and children should should assume certain things about them when um, when this generation, probably generation prior to, it's like um, you start with them being skeptical about you. And you have to earn their trust. But when you earn it, you're there, right? Like yes. It's, it's, it's deeper than it would have been when it was just assumed and given to you because you've earned it. And I kind of love that more. 
um, and maybe this is like my my uh, Philadelphia sports fan mind coming through because mm-hmm. I feel like that's how we are with yeah. our sports teams. Where like you come here and you need to work your butt off, yeah, and yeah, you need yeah. to earn our respect. And once you do, you can you'll never buy a drink yeah, in yeah, the city, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But <laughs> facts, <laughs> yeah. But I I love that. Yeah. I, I love that you they they are skeptical of authority because man, authority sucks sometimes, and you really need to be skeptical of people out there. But uh, you, you, if, if I think if more people realized that it is on them to earn respect from other people, that I don't know, maybe we'd be in a better place. We would. <laughs> I, I think you nailed it. I, I you nailed this generation, especially in the middle school, yeah. and what I'm seeing with some of the respect and disrespect, mm. you know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's something that now it does need to be earned, mm. you know? And it's not the same. When I was growing up at this age, I walked into the community center, the Rickett Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, hat off, how you doing? Didn't want to get kicked out, no Swearing, none of that. Mm-hmm. Totally different today. Totally different. It's a it's a respect thing. Now it has to be earned, and you know there's no assuming. It's it's like the ground is neutral, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and people are walking in the room, students, teachers, and there's a level of learning that curve even for adults mm-hmm. to learn how how do we do this now because the culture has changed it has changed so so it's not like well i i need that respect now and demand no 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 we need to as adults actually work together Mm. and have conversations how do we do it yeah well if we grew up in a world where it was assumed that you would have respect for people based on their position or age or whatever, then maybe we didn't learn how to earn respect. Maybe we just assumed that it would be given to us when we were older, no matter what kind of person we are, and didn't learn that character matters. And now maybe adults need to learn that. Uh, that's exactly what I was saying. It's, 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 it's sort of a, a relearning. It's mm. sort of an unprogramming of what we thought Yeah. with authority and respect and age and uh, I think it's just a time right now Hmm. to also as adults go within collectively you know together though Hmm. you know and individually like but to go within and think about some of the past where we are today but it's it is about unifying Hmm. You know, it is truly, it's, that's important yeah. as adults, you know, especially I would say in this building and in teaching period, it's, it's, you have to be on a unified front hmm. as adults in this building. When you're <laughs> dealing with these students, woo! as a dad, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, even yeah, right? Even parenting. Oh lord. Mm. If you are not on a unified front, <laughs> those children will get into whatever they can. No, they're smart. Well, mom they're said smart. this. Well, dad said that. Well, this is no, no. We stand together. Mhm. Yeah. We're going to hold you accountable. 
students. You're not going to go to one teacher. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. We're not going to give you this. No, you're going to be held accountable. We love you. We care about you. And this is what you have. You have to learn these these principles. Uh, uh, respect. Discipline. Mm. Accountability. And allowing others to hold you accountable. Mm. Oof. Like, I like, could use some help with like, those things. Like, let's, let's talk about <laughs> those as our four mantras yeah. of learn that within yourself. So when you were uh, creating this program and uh, trying to sell it to people who would help to fund it, was that, did you find that to be tough or were people just on, on board? I mean, some people were on board, um, but it was, this was like really strategic hmm. and creating this and, and, you know, connecting with Mr. Rodriguez and his support of really understanding and, and being on board with the community getting more involved mm -hmm. and like being a part of the school and if, if, if possible, the school day and, and really to see what's happening. It's for me, it's been strategic because <clears throat> it's been around building meaningful relationships. Mm. And that's that gains attraction when it's meaningful. Yeah. You know? And I think some of the funders that I've connected with um, through Strive and just personally by volunteering on boards, the Foundation for Pasta and Education. That really wasn't strategic. That was, you know, we had a gentleman uh, by the name of Mr. Jim Corum, African-American gentleman, taught in the school district, uh, passed away. Unfortunately, um, I think a year or so ago, he said, David, as a young black man, you need to be more involved in education hmm. in, this, in this district. You gotta be a part. You gotta understand what's happening. You gotta show up. And I, I tell you, I wasn't really interested in on sitting on any boards, hmm. but his encouragement, guidance, I did. I sat on uh, Foundation for Pasta and Education board for six or seven years with supports programs here at the district. And I started to learn hmm. what, were, what are the needs? How can I serve? Uh, where am I needed? And that snowballed into relationships and building trust and showing up and and here we are today. Yeah. Right? So it's building meaningful relationships that really, um, I would say, put us in this situation because that's what we do with Creative for Greatness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what you have to do. The, uh, the Health and Wellness, Pasadena Area Health and Wellness Foundation has been like, uh, just so supportive. Yeah. Yes. And, and the Pasadena School District, I mean, like, just has been supportive. Uh, First Presbyterian, we've, we've gotten grants from First Presbyterian right here in Pasadena uh, Church here. I mean, the donations from people? <laughs> I'm floored. Mm. I, 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 I'm still like, wow. Hey, I people, feel like people can trust you. You're, you're a, 
you're a pillar. You've been here your whole life. You've, your family's been here yes. their whole lives. Yes. You have been here generations. You are connected. You're on boards. You're on. You are not going to, you know, hightail it out to the main line at some point in the near future when when you strike it rich or something. Like no. you are committed here, so yes. people are. Yes. People know that you can be trusted. Yeah, yes. that's so important. Yeah, it is. It is important. It is important. Yeah, I mean, when we, when Nicole and I were contemplating church planting, um, one of the things that was suggested to us was that we go find a an area where there's no United Church of Christ congregations, mm-hmm. because that way there's no competition, <laughs> you know, which is a topic for a whole other episode, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But. <laughs> Um, so we looked, we, we drove down, you know, Westchester and that whole area where there's not really any UCC churches. And we looked around and we thought about it. We dreamed about it. But it really just felt colonial to show up in a place where we have zero buy-in, zero connections, and then start something new that, that addresses a need that we think exists with no buy-in from the community mm-hmm. and then just assume that they're going to accept us there with, with open arms and yeah. we're going to thrive there. And that just felt so wrong. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Nicole has, has a lot more clout and connections here than I do yet, um, which I'm, I'm sure I will over the next couple of years. But sure will. So we felt really strongly that, like, this is where her heart is. This is where her connections are. This is where she's already poured herself into the community. And we have so many people here, people like you, who mm-hmm. understand the needs of the community, Absolutely. where we're not going to show up here and create some program that we that what we think is what everyone needs. Sure, sure. Um, and just assume everyone is going to come running to us. Um, we want to partner with people who are already doing things, Absolutely. right? Because Absolutely. like... I'm now coming into this community and I'm not from Pottstown and I've never worked in Pottstown. I've never lived in Pottstown. Sure. I'm from Jersey. And uh, so like I, I'm feeling like I need to come here into this city with a, a servant's mindset yep. and not as a leader, yep. but as somebody who will show up and do the work when the people who are here tell me what it is that needs to be done sure. until like I've earned people's respect and I can understand better the needs and the, the things of the community. Um, that's a really humbling experience, especially, especially for someone like me, you right? A, a middle-class, straight, white, hetero, Christian male, right? I, I think I check every box of like <laughs> the, the if, if society could hand you just a little bit of privilege, they handed me just about every little piece of it. And so like unpacking that and being like, yeah, no, I, I, I have so much unlearning to do. And so much, like, unknowing that I need to do before I can be of any use to anyone in this area. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for people like you who sure, are out man. here doing this stuff, sure. you know. And I can just, I can sit back and learn from for a while. Absolutely, uh, man. And, and it is all about, you know, just how we, we had a conversation before about, um, you know, it's, it's an uncomfortable phase, too. Yeah. And that's, that's... You know that I think that's important. We we sort of need to go after those spaces, especially when you think of, I would just say Christ, like mm. he uncomfortable. <laughs> what? You know, I mean, it ain't. You know, 
Mm. I lived in L.A. for five years, lived in Germany off and on for three, lived in Manhattan for three, lived in Atlanta. I'm back in Pottstown with two nuclear towers here, sir. Mm. And, like, I love the beach. And I love nice weather. But I am cold here. <laughs> uh, you know, so it yes. is not as comfortable as people think. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, man, it's like, no, it's like, and as I age, I'm also, I'm not always wanting to be out. Hmm. I'm more like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning and just going within a little more. It's not about me being out. I know everyone, yeah, but it's like, I'm just trying to serve mm. in whatever way I can. Mm-hmm. And just stay focused with that, you know, and just live simple, you know? I just want to be simple. Yeah, I, I need my life to be simple, you know? It's important. Yeah. Live simply. Who was it? Was that a Gandhi saying that? To live simply so others can simply live? Mm. Uh, I don't know. That might not be Gandhi. That might be. That's somebody, but that I, might be I, I, somebody I, completely I, I different. second that. Yeah. Because simplicity is, yeah, it is, it is, it, for me, you know, and, it's, and, and I, I can go in and out of that at times, but it's where I found the most peace yeah. in my life to actually let go of everything that the world has like told me I need and you gotta become this. It's like, I was like, no, no, you don't have to be, you don't have to do any of those things. Yeah. If you trust that, if you trust what I'm saying, ooh, thin space. Mm, thin spaces. <laughs> That's right. We were just talking about that before yeah, right, I hit record. Right. right. <laughs> those places where heaven and earth are just, oof, they just meet. a little piece of cellophane they in meet. between the two. They meet, yeah. 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 So you've been overseas, you've lived in both coasts on beautiful places and in all over the place, but you came back here. What, uh, what, what is happening here in Pottstown now that's got you like really excited that, that you're just rejoicing over? What's going on? Well, I mean, I think the, the community college is doing more to like sort of get on board with like integrating with the community, hmm. um, Montgomery County Community College, because the, the Pottstown camp is there. Mm-hmm. I, I sit on a um, um, an advisory council there for the Pottstown campus, and they're, they're doing more. You know, they've been here for almost 25, 26 years, um, and they're doing more to, to be more a part of the community, and which is good. Um, I would say... I think the business community's doing better. Uh, Pre-COVID really started Mm. to uh, uh, blossom. You know, um, I think the business community is doing better. I think it will do better. Um, What else would I say? I, I also think some of the commitment of the community members showing up to different, you know, events and sort of just wearing, you know, the the Pottstown proud Mm. uh, armor and like feeling like, hey, we don't have to be like another town. You know, we are who we are. We have a grit of our own. You know, we are Pottstown. It's like, um, which is important. You know, it's like really owning who you are. And, you know, we're uh, we're sitting in a stadium. I'm a Trojan. 
right? <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, that's who we are. We're the Trojans. <laughs> um, I think, I think, I'm hoping the sports change in this district a little bit. I think there's going to be some sport camps that happen. I think, I, I, I feel like some new things could spark some more cohesion with the community and the mm-hmm. school district and sports becoming more of, you know, the family comes out. That's that's mm. how it was when I was young. Yeah. You know, we won a state championship here at Pottstown. And let me tell you, when you're talking about a community that was like rolling, uh-huh. it was rolling mm. as, as, as one community. You know, and and I think we can get back there, but there there's still some layers that have to be peeled back, even when sports brings us together. You yeah. know, there's still some things. You know, there was some class differences here mm. in Pottstown for years, North End, or you know, Coventry and East End, and you know, it's like we're Pottstown. Hmm. That's what we need to remember. Yes. You know, it's like, let's just remember that we are Pottstown. Whether what end you are on, claim your set, Mm. which is Pottstown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that grit. That's that that is something that has made me feel at home <laughs> since the time that I've been in the orbit of Pottstown has yeah. been like, this is a really familiar grit that I'm feeling. This is like growing up in South Jersey, being around Philly, like that kind of blue collar grit where it's like we're going to work and we're going to get it done. We are who we are and we love it and flaws and all. This is who we are and we're going to work to uh, to protect it, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I can I can totally relate to that. Yeah. No pretension. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, I think yeah, I think the business community also surround surrounding Pottstown as as well. Hmm. I, I'm really hoping to reach out to more people, um, uh, CEOs, managers, directors, whatever, whatever yeah. it may be. Uh, the pharma industry, the, uh, the Dana Corporation, just just more involvement yeah. in the school. Uh-huh. More conversations, more allowing students to know what is available right in your backyard, how to get prepared, mm. you know, how do we help young people live simple, you know, like like encouraging that. What does that look mm. like? So, 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 you know, Pottstown also can be that place that people aren't graduating and just moving away. Yes. But they're they're here. Yeah. You know, they're going to college at Monco because it's it's you have dual enrollment here at Pottstown. You know, and you're you're you can go to Monco Bluebell and you can get your masters. You know, by not le- it's like it, we have we have a, a framework mm. that we just have to know exist mm-hmm. and have a map. And I think have a contentment about being here, living here, playing here, serving here, yeah, and and loving each other, you know? Yeah, our dream for this church plant is that um, it would be primarily a community space. And um, that the model for church for a long time has been a, a gathering of Christians who also goes out and does things. Uh, we want to be a community 
group, like a, a doing things group that also has a church. Sure. Right. And so we, we had, uh, Nicole and I had, had, had dreamed up like a coffee shop kind of setup where people can come and, and be and, and organize and meet and be a part of the community. Um, though we're finding more and more, the more we talk with folks who are uh, local and they're like, I don't know if we need one. Well, we might not need that a coffee shop. Let's uh, let's talk about these other sorts of third gathering spaces. But the um, um, that's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But we do definitely want to <clears throat> to have some kind of storefront space, some kind of space that that can be a community gathering place where folks can get to know each other. Um, and when when we brought these ideas to people, <clears throat> like the big response we got was. No, not another church, <laughs> not another nonprofit. Can somebody please pay taxes? <laughs> yes, I get it. And so we are we are committed that when we do create whatever business this is, that it is not going to be like the church and then the business is under the umbrella so that the business then is a nonprofit, sure, sure. whatever, that we are very intentional. We are not going to try to massage the laws sure, to get yeah, around paying our yeah. property taxes because we've got people on the school board who are a part of the church and people on council that are a part of the church. And they're all very committed to the fact that like, if you are in uh, like a for-profit business, restaurants and, and, and retail out here, like you're contributing to the community mm-hmm. through your tax dollars and, and, and your presence in the community. And like places like this school, they get funded partially by like those businesses that are popping up. And so yeah. like, yeah, I, I've never been a person who's excited to pay taxes, but I kind of am. Like sure. I kind of want to start making money. So sure. Absolutely. <laughs> start paying my local Absolutely. taxes. Absolutely. It's important. Yeah. There's a level of respect for that yeah. that comes, you know, because unfortunately when you're talking about property taxes and, you know, with our district and this community, it's like, we're not like, Springford area that has, mm. you know, pharma and all kinds of big businesses down there. And, but, you know, if anybody's hearing this, come on, bring your business here. There you go. Bring your big business here so we can, <laughs> so we can like, you know, change some of that, those, those taxes here with the school district and just, you know, make it better for everybody buying yeah. houses or having businesses. I mean, that's, you know, it's important. Yeah. You know, we have the space back, back near the college. So, yeah. You know, that we, we need it. It's important. Yeah. Oh, it there's plenty important. of great spaces here in Potsdam. Yeah. This is a yeah. beautiful city. It really is wonderful. It's got a little bit of everything. I'm yeah. excited to bring my kids up here. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. So you have any other thoughts about, uh, about this beautiful city, about the work that you're doing, about um, anything at all that we've talked about, anything you want to make sure that people uh, take home with them, any, anything that they remember? Again, when we talk about simplicity mm. as adults and students and like even myself, we just have to learn how to get back. Wait, not, I wouldn't just say get back to that, but there is an unlearn. There's so many things that we have learned and we have we have been bombarded with about the world and things we need and stuff and mm. and and. You know, even as a church or just as a church, as people and and people coming together, it's like sharing things and having things like in common. Mm. That that thought of sharing, growing, 
keeping things simple so we all can live and take care of each other and, and like be in a city where, I, I, this is what I always imagine. You live in near North End, you can walk down the high street. Mm. You can participate, you can patronize, you can go out at Rivet with my, my buddy uh, Harry Dean's spot there. You can eat at the Blue Elephant, you can eat at the Avenue, and then you can feel safe walking back up to your home mm. that may be in North End or down in East End or over in Coventry or West End, whatever. But it's like, it's just, we just gotta, I think the simplicity, man, mm. having all things in common, <laughs> you know, not needing so much, mm. learning to live and be content. Yeah. Is I, I just, that's, that's something I am, I want to continue to live and go after. So it's upon me and, you know, you think of Christ, it's like, he was, he talked to the disciples, like, don't take anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, are yeah. we going to listen <laughs> to the, don't take, rely on each other, rely on the mm. spirit, rely what's, with what's inside of you and others. And like, I, I, that's what I want to see. I also want to see, you know, you say, I, I want to see the church also be the church, man. Yeah. Let the spirit in each body of the body be activated. Yeah. That will change a city. Mm. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, that's my, you're, you're speaking my love language yeah. right there. <laughs> that will change a city. If, if Christians are little Christs, as the word Christian means, then our entire world would be different. I'll leave you with one last thing that goes into that. And you're right, it would be different. We were at a, it's called Netzer meeting, where they church for the church leaders. Mm -hmm. It's a Netzer meeting. And we had a couple, there was 30 probably pastors there. There was myself, uh, Lisa Heverly from uh, Operation 143. There was Brian Hostetler from Pasta Middle School, who's the principal. There was Carrie Brooks, who's a pastor at um, Connections. She's been a mentor. And yeah. uh, I think, I don't know if uh, Laura was there, but we were all in this room and they were praying about the middle school and the school district and the church. And Pastor Carrie said, she saw a vision. Hmm. She said, I saw in the paper Pottstown Middle School saves Pottstown. <laughs> and the vision that God has given me with the middle school is that, of course, the community, all the community, but the body, all the churches in the whole area and beyond, and the community, which the church is a community, would go into that building and serve and connect with the student connect with a teacher and be present. Mm. And before you know it and you look up, you got a thousand plus or more body, the members, the church in that building mm. loving on students. Mm. 
And the heading, and, and we've talked about this, the heading of Pottstown Middle School saves Pottstown. I know, because God gave me the vision. He said, this is how the church actually unifies in a place, works together. Mm. It's not it's not one church, it's the body is in the building. Mm. And what happens? You look up, you, you're, you got people from all over, you know? You got First Presbyterian, you yeah. got Connection, yeah. you got... But they're not wearing their church name tags, no, so it doesn't no. matter where they're from. You got Open Table UCC, you got you got everybody, what? They're focused on who? Yeah. On the people. Yeah. And that creates the love that is needed to change that space. And I believe in our school district, we have over 3,200 students, almost 33. You focus on this district, mm -hmm. you can create change. Because you got parents, you got students, you got administration, and these students are going, they're going to graduate. And what are they going to do? Are they going to pour back into here? Mm. Are they going to leave? Are they going to drop out? Are they going to, what, what's, what are we going to do to actually make sure that we unify and come together? Yeah. So yeah. Pottstown Middle School saves Pottstown. And that reminds me and tells me it's the body. Yeah. You know, that, that, it's like, and, and, you, and you know, you don't have to be in the church to be here and you, you don't have to do any of that. Like, you just, you got to be available. Yeah. And I don't want to be too critical of the, of, you know, the million churches and million Christians that are in the area as well. When I think about the things that they aren't doing and that we aren't doing mm -mm. and that we aren't being. Because mm -mm. I think that so many Christians are living in a mentality of scarcity. It's not that they, they don't love. It's not that they don't want to help. Sure. It's not that they don't sure. feel the call, the pull to make the world a better place. It's that they are the disciples walking up to Jesus with a handful of fish and bread. And they go, this is all we got, right? Giving is down. People are down. We're just trying to scrape by. We got nothing. We, we can barely make it for ourselves for a Sunday morning with our 10 people in this service trying to pay for this big building. We got nothing. How can we then dream about these big dreams because mm -hmm. they're they're in that place and they're allowing the scarcity to cloud their 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 dreams i mean if if christians are people who worship the god of impossible things and the god of impossible things does impossible things that's kind of in the name and so i just feel like what we need are examples of people who are um who believe that Jesus is still multiplying bread and mm -hmm, fish mm -hmm. to feed the multitudes. That's it. All you need is some, a couple of examples of people who don't have the great resources of the giant megachurches and yet are still loving greatly with the simple presence that they have mm -hmm. and the difference that's being made. And then you get an outpouring of the spirit amongst these churches and these people. And you, you will see the world changed. When people and Christians start to believe that the God of impossible things is still here and still working. So. I get it. I'm there for that dream. There you go. I'm here. I'm going right back in that building, brother. There you go. And you're coming <laughs> with me. 
Well, this is good. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. your time. Thank you for your time. Yeah, for sure, Thank you for man. taking the time out of your it. day to come here I and love sit it. in this beautiful, beautiful gorgeous beautiful. day. Oh, listener, it is 72 degrees and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. And Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you in the future. Absolutely. But thank you today for yep. talking with us. Yep. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Reimagining Faith podcast. This podcast is made possible by our incredible patrons over at Patreon. In particular, I want to say a special thank you today to Deb Schwartz as well as Stephen Jerry Jackson. You can check out all the available perks at patreon.com slash reimaginingfaith. Nicole and I are so grateful to be on this journey with all of you. May the God of impossible things fill you with hope for a better tomorrow, and may you go forth to make it so.